up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 33 of Locked on Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis. You will find me at the Sporting News and at CubsInsider.com and hopefully somewhere else at some point this season. Uh, I've been writing about the Cubs for several years and hopefully I'll be out of the ballpark this year talking to players, bringing you some insights uh, into what's going on with the team uh, as the season starts to get underway. I thought it would be fun to start a series uh, heading up to opening day where we look at other teams in the division. And today, uh, the team that I wanted to look at is the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cubs' big rival, although it may not be the second-place team in the division. They are the the traditional rivals, so I let off with them. And I'll be welcoming Craig Edwards from Fangraphs and formerly uh, site manager for Viva Alberto's. Uh, the Cardinals site on SB Nation. He'll be joining me in just a few minutes. But for the first segment, I wanted to look back on the games from this weekend. So the Cubs played four games uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They went one and three in those four, and three of those games were actually all against the Cleveland Indians, which is weird. Uh, But they went one and three in the four games against the Indians and the one against the Kansas City Royals. Interesting performances that I took down just as notes. Jose Quintana went six innings against Cleveland, one hit, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. Excellent game from Quintana. Tyler Chatwood got hit hard for the first time this spring, uh, which, you know, you didn't think that the the ace Chatwood was going to continue at that kind of pace, but, you know, still, uh, five innings, I think seven hits, five earned runs, gave up a couple homers. Not the worst thing in the world, considering that it's spring, and he had been pitching well, so uh, nothing to be concerned about there. Justin Wilson, though, uh, he faced four batters. He did not get any outs. He gave up three hits, one walk, and a home run. That's not good. You you would hope for better than that from Justin Wilson. Uh, his ERA on the spring, not that these numbers matter all that much, but ERA is up to 7.50. So you're kind of hoping that maybe uh, maybe he pitches better than that once the season gets started. Wilson Contreras had another monster home run. That was his fourth of the year. And Jason Hayward's been a little bit better at the plate lately. He went two for three in a game. He also had a home run. I don't think it was this weekend, but it was recently. may have been Friday. Um, and he's, he's looked better. It has looked better at the plate for Hayward. So uh, as I've talked about before, I'm, I'm going to hold out a little bit of hope that Hayward's going to be better. So... Uh, that's it for this first part. Uh, I just wanted to roll out that we uh, are moving into a, a new segment uh, where I'm going to be looking at the teams from the NL Central, and Craig Edwards will join me uh, to talk about that. Also, don't forget to enter our giveaway, which at this point has a Sammy Sosa rookie card in mint condition, which is pretty cool, and a Wrigley Field uh, watercolor print, which is also pretty cool. would look nice on somebody's wall, I'm sure. Just go to Locked On Cubs on Twitter. You can find how to sign up for that. Uh, it's really easy. You just find our pinned tweet, retweet it, make sure you follow us on Twitter, and then also go and leave us a positive review on iTunes, which so many of you guys have, and it's so awesome. I won't get around to reading all of them, but I will uh, at some point add that in on uh, one of the upcoming podcasts where I'll read a few of those uh, the, those positive reviews. It's it's really helping. It's It's doing a lot of good. Joining me on this segment of Locked on Cubs is uh, a guy that I think is one of the 
more noted voices on the Cardinals on the internet. Uh, you can find him at Fangraphs. He used to be with Viva Albertos. Craig Edwards, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just a couple things I wanted to go over with the Cardinals. The first thing I think is the absolute most important. Who is going to be 2018's Jose Martinez slash Jeremy Hazelbaker slash whoever? Because I have this like, I, I call it my stubby clap award given to the most made up sounding player to make the Cardinals roster out of opening day. So, so who is that guy this year? You know, right now, uh, it's probably Yairo Munoz. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. Made up name. sort of fits in with, uh, you know, uh, an unknown name. He's a potential utility guy all over the field. Uh, he was part of the Steve Biscotti trade to Oakland. Um, they haven't, Cardinals haven't quite figured out the the makeup of, of the roster, who's sort of going to be the, the last guy uh, sort of to fill out the reserve infield slash outfield role. He might not make the team. It uh, just depends on, on where things go, especially, you know, they, you know, Harrison Bader might not, might make it over him or they both might make the team and you only use uh, one fewer reliever. But, um, you know, Yairo Munoz is the guy that's made the most noise in spring training. Um, and that's somewhat similar to what, what Jose Martinez did last season in, in sort of uh, earning his spot on the club. You mentioned Harrison Bader. Uh, I've been fortunate enough when I was writing for Baseball Prospectus and then also with 2080 Baseball when I was there. Uh, I live close to Peoria, Illinois, where they, the Chiefs are located, which is the Cardinals' uh, low-A team. I've gotten to go and see young guys like Bader and Paul DeYoung when he was there and Magnuria Sierra and all these other guys, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, these are really good young players and I think a lot of people saw what DeYoung did last year when he wasn't even, you know, one of those classic top 100 prospect type guys. Uh, but they've had a lot of these guys uh, come up through the farm system that I think are just starting to get to the big leagues, that I think are truly quality, regular day, everyday kind of guys that I think just gets kind of overlooked with the Cardinals. Who do you think, you know, could be the next Paul DeYoung to come in and make a huge impact? You know, that's that's tough to say right now just because um, it seems like every starting position is is pretty much uh, full. Um, you know, they've got, you know, Pham and Fowler and, and Ozuna now in the outfield and in all four, you know, infield positions are, are spoken for plus, uh, you know, an extra guy in Jose Martinez. And, you know, without injuries, it's going to be hard for, uh, somebody else to, to, to sort of break through. Um, so if you're looking on, on the position player side, you know, it's, you're, you're going to sort of have to wait for, for an injury to happen. You know, Paul DeYoung was able to take advantage of Valed Mestia's doing really poorly last year. I don't know that, uh, you know, Cardinals are certainly hoping that the same situation doesn't arise. Um, so the opportunities might come more on the pitching side. And I think that, uh, you know, Alex Reyes is, you know, going to get his shot later on this, this season, uh, you know, depending on his role, but he's, he's a pretty well-known guy. He's not, he's not under the radar. Jack Flaherty, I think is a guy who, uh, you know, he's been ranked nationally, uh, you know, among the top 100 prospects for, for a few years now, but it's always been towards the back end. And, and he's a guy who, uh, if something happens to somebody in the rotation, he's probably going to be the first guy up because he's going to be closer to being ready to start than Reyes is at the beginning of the year. So I think uh, in terms of a somewhat lesser known guy who could have an impact on this year's team, it's probably going to be Jack Flaherty. 
Okay, and you're kind of getting at another uh, question I wanted to ask because, as you mentioned, the positional side is kind of set in, you know, this is a Cubs podcast and you know, the people who listen to this know the Cubs are kind of in the same way. They have very crowded positional uh, side of the roster and everyone kind of knows you know, who the starting infield is and, you know, the basic combination of about five guys in the outfield. It's kind of the same way with the Cardinals. Uh, for the pitching side, um, I really thought they were going to go after a guy like Jake Arrieta or if not him, some other starter uh, this offseason. And I know a lot of Cardinals fans felt the same way. I, I grew up and live in central Illinois where it's like Cardinals country. So I hear all this stuff all the time. Uh, do you think uh, Weaver and Miles McCullis, do you think those guys are, you know, OK to step in and and pick up the slack. I mean, Mike Leake's numbers last year overall didn't look great and he kind of fizzled out at the end, but for the first like two months of the season or two and a half months, he, you know, put up great numbers and the Cardinals really relied on him and it's kind of the same for Lance Lynn. So are these guys going to be good enough to step in right now and, and pick up the slack? Uh, I mean, I think that the Weaver's ready to, to make, make that next step forward and pitch a full season. You know, you look at where the rotation is this year versus where it was last year at this time, you have, you know, Carlos Martinez, who's good and uh, Adam Wainwright, who you didn't get a whole lot out of. And then sort of in the middle, um, you know, you've got, you know, maybe Luke Weaver, hopefully replacing Lance Glenn. You've got Miles Michaelis, hopefully replacing um, Mike Leake. And I think that, those guys should fit in um, to, to where they were before. You know, I, I think that a guy like you, Darvish, who the, the Cubs signed to a pretty reasonable deal, um, you know, is a guy who would have made sense on the Cardinals. I, I think it's it's hard for the Cardinals to sort of get a marginal improvement. I think that if they're if they were going to add a pitcher, it needed to be a guy who was closer to the top of the rotation than in the middle of the rotation, which is, I think, why you saw them not, you know, re-engage with Lance Lynn, who, you know, signed at a pretty bargain rate with Minnesota, and they, you know, haven't been involved with uh, Alex Cobb. So I think, you know, you've got, you know, the, the five starters, and Michael Walk I didn't m mention, but, you know, he's back and probably about the same pitcher he was last year. And then you've got Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes. That's that's a solid seven. Um mm -hmm. You know, it, exactly how that'll work out throughout the season sort of remains to be seen, especially if Flaherty and Reyes are, you know, lighting things up in AAA and maybe Wainwright or, or Michaelis or whoever is is not maybe living up to uh, what, what the Cardinals hope for. But I, I think in terms of comparing things to last year, I think they're, they're at about the, the same place that they were, but they do have a bit more depth in uh, Flaherty and Reyes that, that, than they had last season. Yeah, the, you brought up Waka, and when I look at this, I, I do see some really talented younger pitchers on this roster, and you know when you talk about Jack Flaherty and, and even a few others that are in the minors that could be coming up soon, uh, they do have some really talented pitching, but it, when you talk about like top of the rotation, nobody's questioning how good Carlos Martinez is because he has amazing stuff and he's proven that he's a good top of the rotation guy, but uh, who's your number two after that? I mean, if you're if you're essentially battling for uh, playoffs in a tough division like the Cardinals are, and you have eyes on you know trying to win the NL Central or a wild card spot, who are you looking at saying that is a, definitely our number two guy? 
You know, I think that by the end of the season, um, they're hoping it's probably Luke Weaver or potentially Alex Reyes, depending on on how things go. Those are the guys that that have the most potential to do well this season. You know, for nostalgia's sake, you know, Adam Wainwright might be the quote-unquote number two starter, as in he's the second guy that's going to pitch this season, but he's not anybody's definition of, you know, like you're talking about, the guy who you want starting the second game in in a playoff series. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michael Waka, you know, has had his ups and downs, and depending on how he's pitching, um, he could be that guy. But I think the you know, based on, on where they are right now, I think that they're looking for someone to step into that role. And, you know, if you're talking about the five guys who, who start the season, I think that, uh, that the hope would be that it's, that it's Luke Weaver. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about Wainwright as kind of the, the sentimental number two, uh, the, the Cubs have kind of the same thing going on right now with uh, John Lester, where he's the opening day starter. And I think those, those are kind of like fun titles you can throw out for pitchers opening day starter to me is more of a sentimental thing than being the true number one anyway. So um, I definitely can understand with all that. The last question I wanted to ask before we move on to uh, the next segment, which is kind of a prediction thing is uh, the Cardinals were, uh, is it fair to say somewhat bad in the late innings last year? How is that changed going into this year? I know Luke Gregerson is the closer, right? So how, how are they looking? Uh, is their bullpen going to be good enough? I guess. Uh, I think it should be, um, you know, they, they sort of never really got things on the right track last year. Um, at the beginning of the season, O was closer and Cecil was the setup guy and Cecil was at his worst at the beginning of last season. And, uh, O just, just couldn't get it done. And then Rosenthal, you know, stepped in and sort of reclaimed his closer role, but maybe he, you know, if he had done it a month earlier, they would have been in better shape, but then he got injured. And then, so they didn't really have anybody um, until, you know, the last month of the season, Juan Nicasio stepped in. But, but you know, it, it was a, a fairly disappointing, um, you know, late game situation for the Cardinals. And they never really got the, the timing right. I think, you know, Luke Gregerson was the free agent signing. I don't know exactly uh, what to expect from him. He wasn't great the last season, but, uh, you know, he might've had a decent amount of bad luck and, and could, could do a lot better with, with, with a new season that, cause you know, relievers are just so volatile. So you add in Luke Gregerson, you add in Dominic Leone, um, Tyler Lyons was, was very good, uh, towards the end of last season. And I think he's sort of an underrated piece that, that the Cardinals have. And, you've got a bunch of those pieces. Um, they should be able to put something together, um, you know, to, to finish games off. I think it's just a matter of figuring out which guys, uh, you know, really have it this year and which guys you need to, to put in those uh, lower leverage situations. But I think they have enough arms that if they keep throwing them out there, the, they should figure it out. Okay, uh, I wanted to go on to predictions. Uh, I did a little over-under here with some basic stats, uh, mostly counting stats, but uh, the first one, since we're talking about bullpen, I've got 19 and a half saves for Luke Gregerson. Do you go over or under? Ooh, you know, I'd probably go under on that just because, uh, you know, I think there's there's too much of a risk that, uh, you know, by the second half of the season, there's somebody else uh, at the end of games. 
that's what I would kind of think as well. Although, you know, this is a guy who's had success in the past. You talked about, you know, some bad luck things last year. That could very well be. This is, you know, the Cardinals have done well in the past with signings like this, where they bring in a guy that's kind of unheralded and then has a good bullpen role. So um, I go under, but maybe not too far under for him. Um, yeah, that's one where you you look at what happened after the first month of the season, and if he gets eight saves in April, you know, he's probably getting 35 by the end of the season or something. Right. Uh, this one, I, I think, is the really intriguing number. For Michael Waka, 175 innings pitched over or under. Oh, I'm, I, I would still go under with that. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, you can completely shake off that injury prone label i think he's done well to 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 pitch uh as many innings as he has the last few seasons but given pitcher health in general plus his previous history i don't i i just wouldn't go betting uh over uh, 170 175 innings yeah i could go the same way i've got to go under and it's it's not even for me when i look at pitchers a lot of them get an unfair injury prone rap but with waka it's been shoulder problems and that's the one real pitcher injury that that truly scares me for future projection and that's that's unfortunate because he he he's a good pitcher and you know shoulder problems have really kind of dampened his performance the last few years uh, next one is for Paul DeYoung, 25 and a half home runs. He hit 25 last year. Well, that's a that's a good one. Um, you know, you know, I'll go ahead and say over. I think he's 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 that that's really close to to, to what I think that, yeah. that he'll do this year. But uh, I said under the first two times, so I'll have a little bit of optimism <laughs> on on this one and say you know if, if he gets that. You know, 600, 650 plate appearances, he'll be able to hit 25 out. I'll go ahead and disagree on this one. I think he ends up between 20 and 25. Uh, I mean, he's a, he has power, definitely has power. I think he could be a 30 home run guy. If he hits 30, it wouldn't totally shock me. But uh, I think he had a lot of kind of unsustainable fly ball rate stuff. And obviously, the, the fly ball rate went up around the around the whole league because of juice ball and whatever you want to say. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think that he'll continue at that same kind of ridiculous pace this year. I think he probably ends up 23, 24, somewhere around there, but that's pretty close to where I said it. I think, it, you know, if he ends up at 30, that wouldn't be shocking either. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Uh, last one I have is Colton Wong over or under 525 plate appearances. Hmm. You know, uh, I'll go ahead and go over on that. I, I think that, um, yeah, if he stays healthy, um, I think that he'll get that playing time. Um, he's left-handed, so even if you're in a platoon, you know, he's on the, the strong side. And um, I think that the Cardinals value his defense as opposed to, you know, fitting in a guy like Jorko or Carpenter there to, to take away take away playing time. So I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll go over. Uh, but, but again, that's another one that, that, that will probably be pretty close. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think he goes over uh, so long as he gets, you know, like you said, the health, uh, I think will be the key issue there. Uh, I like him to be not necessarily like a breakout star. I'm I'm not quite as high on him now as I was in maybe 2014 on being a, a star second baseman, but I do think that he'll, he'll break out quite a bit and end up having a very nice season. So uh, next question I have, I got two questions. First one is if the Cardinals make the playoffs, it's because blank. 
Tommy Pham and Marcelo Zuna uh, repeated their 2017 seasons, I would say. I think that the Cardinals have a, a pretty high floor um, that'll put them in the, the low 80s, uh, but they don't, they're, they're lacking a little bit in, in terms of stars. But if Pham and Ozuna do what they did last year, then they'll sort of have two guys who can sort of carry the team and, and carry the offense. And I think that would push them push them into the upper 80s, you know, potentially even low low 90s that, that would get them into the playoffs. Okay. Um, if the Cardinals miss the playoffs, it's because blank. I think if they if they miss the playoffs, it's, it's because they just couldn't get the, the starting pitching uh, figured out and they just had too many injuries. Yep, I, I agree with that. All right, uh, last thing I wanted to do is uh, predicting the wins for each team. I'll let you just go on this. Cardinals, how many wins? Uh, I'll go with 87. Okay. Uh, Brewers? Mm, 82. All right. Pirates? 74. Oh, a little higher than I thought. Uh, Reds? Uh, let's go with 66. And how many for the Cubs? Uh, 93. Okay. That's all pretty reasonable. I'm I'm a little bit lower on the Pirates, but you know that that's all basically in the range that I think most people expect. So, yeah. Well, thank you again for joining me. Uh, it's been great talking to you about the Cardinals. I know that uh, Cubs fans listening to this podcast I love hearing about the Cardinals. Uh, so, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a fun season. I've I've been on record before because I grew up in Central Illinois. The, my favorite seasons as a fan growing up were always the years where both the Cubs and the Cardinals were really good because it's just there's just nothing better than the Cubs and the Cardinals battling for a division. So that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen this year. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Craig for joining me. And tomorrow we will be looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates and I'll be welcoming Jason Rollison from Locked On Pirates. And we'll be doing a little crosstalk about uh, the Cubs and the Pirates and what the Pirates have been doing this offseason, which is, you know, a little head scratching. But at any rate, uh, that'll be tomorrow's podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, the Locked On Cubs version of previewing the Cardinals. And uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cubs. You can follow me at Ryan Q. Davis. Uh, I'll be writing all this year uh, at Sporting News and a little bit at CubsInsider.com and hopefully something else on the horizon as well. I'll no longer be found at FanRag Sports this season, but still good things are on the horizon. So uh, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you again next time.